Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Mandy Walker and I'm your host. Selling a piece of jewelry like an engagement ring or wedding set can be a nightmare, but Worthy is a selling partner you can trust to work with you and for you to get the best deal on your piece. And if you're thinking it's not worth the hassle, remember that your diamond engagement ring can be the financial asset that allows you to embrace that fresh start after divorce. Worthy helps you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get a $100 gift card when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Mandy Walker, and I'm your host. For this episode, we're talking about toxic behaviors and how to protect yourself. My guest today is Heidi Brock. Heidi is a toxic relationship awareness and healing specialist. She's helped hundreds of people rid and heal their toxic relationships and hosts the podcast, It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. Welcome, Heidi. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So am I. My first question to you is, how common is it for someone to be experiencing toxic behaviors and not to realize it? It's actually very common, which is is kind of why I do this. I am actually, I mean, I go by Dr. Heidi. But I am not a mental health professional. I am a licensed chiropractor acupuncturist, and I practiced for 25 years. And then two years ago, I retired from healthcare to do this full time. And why am I doing this full time? Because I spent 14 years in a relationship that I didn't realize was toxic until about three years after I had basically run away from it. So in retrospect, I figured it out and I thought, you know what, if I could be the person that I needed when I was going through it, I think I could probably help some people because it's very confusing when you're in it. So how is it that people can be exposed, experiencing these toxic behaviors and not be aware of it? I thought maybe it's because of the way that they grew up. Or it's the frog in boiling water situation. Okay, it's, it's actually could could be either of those. But first, if you don't mind, I want to give the definition of what toxic is. Yes, I actually I started this about seven years ago before the word toxic was everywhere. And the reason I chose the word toxic is toxic is not a diagnosis. Toxic is an adjective that's used to describe any relationship in the status that it's in that's unhealthy for you mentally, physically, or emotionally. So because it's just an adjective, the thing that we don't realize is somebody can't be labeled toxic. You are the person in your life that gets to decide which people may be toxic or unhealthy to you because not all toxic people are toxic or unhealthy to everyone. And back to your question, the trick that comes into that is a toxic personality's goals in a relationship are different than other people's. So the toxic personality usually has a goal of self-security. They step into relationships to feel secure in themselves, where somebody who's more emotionally driven, like myself, 
I step into relationships for companionship and partnership and intimacy and emotional support and friendship and all that. And so when you have somebody that's in a relationship for security in themselves and somebody that's in a relationship for all of the things an emotionally driven person would be in, you head down the relationship path, walking towards different goals, and you would never even really realize it. The toxic person, again, I'm just laying a little bit of groundwork. The toxic personality can't can't really put enough into their own life so that they feel secure in themselves. Like if you thought back of what a time in your life that you felt like, oh, my life is going my direction, you'd probably say, my job was going well and I was in the gym three times a week and my kids were happy and I had friends. And, you know, it was the things you were putting into your own life that made you feel secure. And the toxic personality can't do that. So they place people in their life to supply them with the things that they need to feel secure. Okay, and things like control, power, attention, admiration, and it's it's those things that the other people feed them that make them feel secure. Okay. So if you're the kind, caring, loving, giving, emotional supporter, that's the personality they're going to go for, but because we're such givers, it's very confusing because Giving and supporting and helping and, and avoiding conflict is what we do. So sometimes the frog in the boiling water syndrome happens because this personality doesn't realize that that personality is using them to feel secure because we're givers. Oh, I can help. I can support. I'll take care of you. I got everything. You know, everybody come in and I'll take care of you. And, and so a lot of times it's two personalities that are just wired completely different. And, you know, logically, I looked at my former relationship and it wasn't healthy. I could logically go, this is not a good place for me and my daughters. But when emotions get involved, it completely clouds our logic because we invest time and we invest energy and we have kids and we've built a life. And those emotions make us second guess ourselves. So we start thinking it's us and, you know, right away start trying harder. And so we, we a lot of times miss the boat in the beginning. And I think, too, another way of looking at that is we're playing by one rule book Mm -hmm. and the other person has a different rule book. But you think that this is the rule book that everybody has. Mm -hmm. So then when it's not working, it's like, well, I'm confused. I'm not sure how it works. And to your point, then then you work harder at it. But you have to realize that not everybody's using the same rules. Right. And the other thing that if if you have listeners that have been in this situation, they'll be nodding their heads right now, because in the beginning of relationships, the beginning of any relationship is good because it's exciting and we're learning and, you know, which I should add, toxic relationships can be friendships. They can be coworker situations. They can be family circles that, you know, so the toxic relationship isn't just the intimate relationship. Obviously, this podcast, most of your listeners are intimate. But if someone's been in this situation they're going to relate to this. When you present what your relationship goals are in the beginning of the relationship, whether you say it or you insinuate it, it's the things I mentioned, the companionship, the partnership, the intimacy, the emotional support. The toxic person is going to go, that is exactly what I want. So then us emotional based people go, well, where have you been my whole life? You're the best thing I've ever met because they love everything about you in the beginning. Because if they told you that they were really just in relationships for security in themselves, we would say thanks, but no thanks. So in the beginning, they allude to the fact that we are, in fact, headed towards the same goals. 
And, and we want to believe them. So we always repeat the words that they said in the beginning thinking, yeah, but they said that this is what they wanted, even though their actions aren't showing that. So exactly what you said, we feel like we've, we've got the same vision and we don't. And I mean, I could honestly say I was completely tricked, but yet I kept going back to, yeah, but he said he wanted this in the beginning. Right. I'm going to hopefully talk a little bit more about other toxic people beside intimate partners, because it does come into divorce. But I wondered, like, can you give us some examples, explicit examples of what toxic behaviors might look like? So on top of their need for like the control and the power and the attention, which they get from other people, the toxic person is usually emotionally abusive. Okay. Now remember toxic can be on any scale. It can be anything from the bully on the playground all the way up to you know, the stories we're seeing on Netflix right now. And so not every person uses the same thing and you don't really have to figure out what part they're on. The question for you is, is the relationship healthy for you or not? So, so in doing that, you have to remember they're, they're emotionally abusive. So what that means is if they can say or do something that makes you feel a certain way, they feel in control of your emotions. And then we continually look at them to acknowledge how we're supposed to be feeling. And, and that makes them feel secure. We become very dependent on what they think and what they see in us because we just want to be good enough. We just want to be accepted. So, so when we, we think about the things that we're looking for that might be toxic, it's the things that bring them the control, power, and attention or the things that get an emotional reaction out of us. If they can say or do something to make you sad, make you happy, make you feel guilty, make you cry, that's what they're looking for. So if you want some lists, some people call them red flags. Some people call them the tactics. And they're really good to know because it validates. But those of you who are listening that know you're an emotionally driven person, you also need to know how to spot these because your personality attracts the toxic personality because we give them exactly what they want. So in your future, you need to be able to spot them so you can protect yourself. But things like criticism, comparison, name calling. Okay, those type of things are the bully on the playground technique. So if we say, okay, which one of those four things are they seeking when they're criticizing your name calling? That's a, if I can make you feel bad, I feel better about myself, which makes me feel power that makes me feel secure. And when I'm calling you names, I'm going to get a reaction. And the emotional reaction makes me feel secure. If you think about crossing your boundaries, you know, from the outside looking in, my mom sent me the boundary book three times when I was married to my former. And the first time I'm like, yes, this is going to fix everything. I'm going to learn everything. I read the whole book and had already tried everything. So if you think about when you set a boundary, who's in control when they set a boundary? You are. You are. Well, that's not the way it works in these relationships. So the toxic person is always going to step over your boundaries because that proves to them that they have power, they have over power. You, which, makes them, right. which makes them feel secure. Right. Um, things like fear. It's not always fear for our physical safety. It's fear of making them mad, fear of upsetting them, fear of disappointing them, you know, and we learn by repetition and reprimand that we've disappointed them enough. I better make sure that I behave. 
You know, I don't want to be in trouble. When you hear adults saying stuff like that, you know, I'm going to be in trouble if I go out with my friends. That right there is a red flag if you're saying you're going to be in trouble. And, and when what you know there is, is the toxic person has been using the fear tactic. And because it's a bit it, like, it, it gets, fear makes them feel powerful, you know? Right. So if somebody's like telling me that they, they don't like going home because it feels like they're walking, they're walking into on broken glass every time they come at home. Mm-hmm. That's, okay. a, that's an indicator that there's something else going on in the relationship. Yes. And, and because of my healthcare career, I'm very passionate about this particular one. Tension and walking on eggshells or high anxiety is, is one of the things you'll notice as a red flag, but it's there from the very beginning of the relationship. We just don't notice it because we tend to go, oh, they just had a bad day or, you know, maybe I overreacted or and we want to make it work. Right. So what we do in the beginning, what we don't realize is that feeling in our stomach that walking on eggshells the, as a chiropractor, we call it innate intelligence. The body knows how to protect itself. That is our natural defense mechanism telling us something is unsafe. It's our gut. That's our intuition. That is an innate thing that your your body knows where it's safe before you mentally will acknowledge, hey, maybe I'm not safe. But in the beginning, we, we brush it down. They had a bad day and we make that feeling go away. But it's like when you walk into a room that stinks, if you stay in the room, the smell goes away. It doesn't mean the room doesn't stink. So as you progress through lengthy relationships, you just get used to living with that feeling and we no longer heed it as a warning sign. Right. So that gets back to our conversation at the beginning, like you gradually get used to the behavior so you don't recognize it. Heidi, we're going to take a short break here and then we'll be back. Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. With Worthy, you'll find a selling partner who will help you transform your rings from dusty relics of hard times to a financial asset to help you start fresh. Worthy takes care of everything from insurance coverage to secure shipping, professional grading, and more. So when you're ready to sell, partner with Worthy. We're ready when you are. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get an extra $100 to Amazon when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Welcome back to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. Heidi, I wanted to follow on from our conversation in the first part, and we've talked about what red flags might be and toxic behaviors. You mentioned about getting the book on boundaries and thinking, okay, this is it. This is, I can fix these things with boundaries. And my question was like, with any change, the first step is always awareness that something's not right. In your experience, what what usually triggers that awareness for people who are experiencing toxic behaviors? Is it, you know, being deeply troubled, depression, anxiety, opening up to friends, having more conversations? You know, I think it's different for everyone, honestly, because like in my situation and in, I mean, I work with, I work with tons of people all over the world, but it doesn't matter how many people try and tell us it's unhealthy. It doesn't matter how many people help us move out, how many people tell us we should leave. We're not going to leave until we're ready. 
And we seek a lot of validation because we continually jump on the treadmill of I'll try to do better. And we convince ourselves if we just adapt enough to fit into this relationship, things will get better. And so we get very focused with our attention on what the toxic person wants that like in my case, by the time now, when I talk about the day I ran away on my podcast and what a lot of my listeners don't know is the day I actually ran away from my former, I had already been divorced from him for two years because it's not about the relationship. It was about the control he had over me. And we had a business together. So our finances were stuck together. He wouldn't sign a parenting plan. So when I left, I actually left my kids to begin with. And he kept them from me for five years. Wow. And it was in that time that this, I did a lot of stuff and that's, that's where this developed, but everybody will get to a point in their life when they all of a sudden aren't going to do it one more day. And our relatives that care about us and our support systems, they think when you leave, you're going to be gone. I went back to my former six times. I left seven times. Yeah. And part of that is the emotional abuse. You know, all he had to do was say, I can't believe you're breaking up our family. Okay. The reason he said that was to make me feel guilty. We don't like to feel guilty. And if I would have looked at it logically, there was nothing family about our family. But all he had to do was make me feel guilty and I would go, I can't stand the feeling of guilt. So I just, I'm going to do whatever he wants. And everybody's story is different. But when, when I finally left, I was fearful for my life. Not that there would have been an intentional accident. It would have been because he was always seeking a reaction. This is what your listeners that are going through a divorce need to hear. They're seeking an emotional reaction. Now, the first day they call you a name, you're upset, right? But if they call you that name every day for a month, on the 30th day, you're not going to give them a reaction because you're used to that name, right? But they're still seeking a reaction. So the names get meaner. Okay. When you're used to that, they pick up something and break it. And when you're used to all your things getting broke, they block doorways and they break your phones. And, and so the reason abuse escalates is because they're still seeking a reaction. And because I had started standing up for myself, things got heated. And I was fearful that I, I would lose my life in an accident, in a fit of rage. And so that's why I knew I had to get out and leave. But the thing that I didn't realize at the time, and now looking back, it's plain as day, he is who he is. And just because I have this personality and he has this personality, I had to learn to accept him for who he was, not who I wanted him to be. And once I understood how he operated, I could see very quickly, not what he says and what he does. Because the people that are listening that are going, Dr. Heidi is talking about my life, like she's been watching my life. All we have time to concentrate on, and and I say he, because that's my situation, but it's not gender favorite. This is what they do and this is what they say. And the reason we have to pay so close attention of this is what they do and this is what they say is we're trying to stay out of trouble. We're trying to avoid conflict. So we try to stay one step ahead of them. So all we think about is what they do or what they say or what they're going to do or what they're going to say so we can be ready. But when I took the time to look back and go, yeah, this is what he was doing and this is what he was saying, but what was motivating that? And I tracked it all back to that control, power, attention, and admiration for self-security. I literally was like, you've got to be kidding. This is so easy. But I didn't know it then. And the people that are in it don't know it. 
until you can see it through their eyes. Because you're in a service-oriented industry, so you're probably wired somewhat like me. We like to support people. We like to help people. We only know how to see the world through our eyes. And I know you've been around people, maybe coworkers, and they do something or say something, and you look at them and you think, why can't you just act normal? Or why can't you just be nice, right? But that's because that's that's how you and I see the world, and that's that's all we know. And so I think like when I was in my marriage, I kept thinking he's going to wake up one morning and act exactly like me. Right. Because he's wired different and his his drive is different. And and it was my dad that told me you have to learn to accept him for who he is. It doesn't mean you have to stay with him. But once you accept him for who he is and let him be him, that's been the quote that's had the biggest impact impact on my life ever. Well, that leads into my next question was about once you start recognizing that you are exposed to these toxic behaviors, what do you do then? Do you start to stand your ground? But demanding or different behavior is challenging. It could, as you said, you were fearful that you would die in an accident. So there's there's a safety concern. Do you, should you always, I was thinking, you know, work with a professional like yourself baby steps, having a safety plan. It mm-hmm. could mean leaving the marriage, but I, I've heard that statistic many times that for people in abusive relationships, it takes them usually on average seven attempts yep. to leave before they leave for good. Yep. Because it's, because it's so fearful. It's, it's very the, difficult. The people that, you know, I, I do a lot of work with people through divorces. I do write escape plans but I, I don't say that publicly because everybody's situation is different. So when yeah. I write an escape plan, it, I, it's with one of my private clients, but the goal is to keep people safe. And depending on the level of toxicity of that person, I write the safety plan accordingly. I think one of the things that we need to remember, and it's always a surprise to my clients, okay, yay, we filed for divorce. And this was me. I was so relieved to be divorced. And then nothing changed because I mean, if he could still control me, why he didn't care if he was married or divorced. And for some reason, we feel like once we file, they're going to be amicable during the divorce and they're going to be great co-parents. No, no, (laughs) no, they will continue to be who they are. So we can't act surprised when they act like themselves during the divorce process and the co-parenting process. And so really what, what you do is because they're depending on people to feed them, with emotional reactions, the feeling of control, the feeling of power. Once you're in a safe place, the only way to, they're not going to go away until you make them go away. And how you make them go away is you stop feeding them those things. So we actually have to learn, relearn how to interact with them. Because like me, for two years, I was divorced, but I was still giving him everything he wanted. And of course, I didn't realize that at the time. So you change the way you interact with them. They're seeking emotional reactions. You start pulling emotion out. You know, you don't give them personal information. But what you were just asking is you have to be very careful the timing that you do that. Because if you're still in the house and you start standing up for yourself or you start not giving reactions, things can get dangerous because they'll notice that you're not giving them what they need very quickly. It's so hard with these podcasts because we just touch on little things and I often feel like I want to dive deeper into that. And maybe that we should do another podcast and dive deep into exit strategies and safety planning. 
But one thing I do want to ask you about before we run out of time, and we're talking about divorce, so we automatically think about the toxic behavior being with the spouse, Mm -hmm. but it could be other people. And what I'm curious about is, in particular, when that toxic behavior comes from children, Mm -hmm. I think it could come from teenagers, it certainly could come from adult children, Mm -hmm. but I would think that that's even more challenging to handle because you have that deep connection with your child and they're treating you in this way. And, uh, yep. And, and you know what, when I started, I was just going to work with ladies that were trying to leave toxic marriages because I felt like that's where my experience was. But to this point, I've worked with every single type, every single demographic of a relationship. And some of the most painful ones are the parent child toxic relationship, because there are some that, that you do need to cut contact with them. And it is absolutely heartbreaking. The thing I work a lot too, with the self-discovery process, because we give up a lot of our identity in the toxic relationship. So when I get people really focused on what's best for them, they start feeling empowered to take better care of them selves than worrying so much if mom's mad or worrying so much if, you know, I would, when I finally, when my kids, I left my kids at 11 and 13. And when they finally came back, they ran away from him just like me at 17 and 19. Well, I immediately fell right into the, I don't want, I don't want my kids to be mad at me because then they'll probably go back to their dads. So immediately I was doing the same thing with my kids as I was doing with him. Don't make them mad, give them everything they want, fix everything for them, you know, change my schedule. And all of a sudden one day I woke up and I thought, you know, that's my fault because of the feelings I have with not wanting people mad and and that kind of thing. And so I really, really had to do work on, but what's best for me. And in those relationships, it's, but what's best for me. And usually like if it's a parent or if it's a child, More often than not, I can teach somebody how to sustain that relationship without completely cutting them off, but you know exactly at what level you're safe. You know, so you put more time between visits or you decrease the length of visits and you avoid touchy conversations. I always tell people when a toxic person wants attention, they like to pick fights, you know, so with your teenager or with a parent that's that's maybe unhealthy, they like to bring up a topic that they know is going to get a reaction. And so my answer is nobody knows when you have to use the restroom. So if the topic comes up, (laughs) run down the hall, you know, because, but, but we're so conditioned to be right there. So they're not mad that we don't even realize we have options. And so if it's in a relationship that, that we know we really want to sustain, I really try to teach people how to sustain it within their own safe place. And and usually it works. One thing I do want to say about teenagers, everything I teach a spouse leaving a toxic spouse. I teach the parents of teenagers because teenagers, I'm sorry, are little toxic people. They're self-centered. They want a reaction. They're always right. They're materialistic. And so when somebody, if somebody leaves a a toxic marriage and now they've got teenagers that are treating in the same way, I go, I already taught you what you need to know. Be the parent, not the friend. They'll always come back to you. But teenagers love getting their mom riled up. (laughs) they want a reaction you don't give it to them right we are right up on time 
I wondered if, Dr. Heidi, if there was one thing you'd like our listeners to take away from our conversation today, what would that be? Well, I kind of said it in the beginning. And because I know that this is a divorce-focused podcast, it's not about the relationship. It's about the control they have over you that makes them feel secure. So once you file and they realize it's happening, the only thing they can control you with is the divorce process. So don't be surprised when they don't show up to hearings, when they don't turn their paperwork in, when they won't compromise, when they won't sign stuff, because they're feeling insecure because they can no longer control you. And now the divorce process is what they're using. When the divorce process is done, the only thing left is the kids. So they're wanting to change schedules. They're they're thinking of reasons to contact you. They're telling you what a bad parent you are. And so going through that process, if I could tell you one thing, don't be surprised when they continue to act like themselves. Right. Because they will continue to be themselves. And, and no too, you don't have to focus on the divorce process. If you've got your team in place and you've got your attorney and you've got your financial advisor and you've got your divorce coach or your therapist, you've got that team for a reason. You know, you don't have to communicate with them anymore. So you've hired these people to work for you, use them. There's something called the toxicity profile analysis on my website. So if you're thinking you might be in a toxic relationship or unsure, that's a very good tool for validation. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you for putting that out there because I think that that will be really helpful to our listeners. Thank you, Heidi. You're welcome. That was so fun. That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Listeners, my guest today was Toxic Relationship Awareness and Healing Specialist, Dr. Heidi Brock. You'll find all of her information in the show notes. She's helped hundreds of people rid and heal their toxic relationships and host the podcast, It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. Worthy is a selling partner with an online auction platform designed to help you sell your jewelry, such as an engagement ring or wedding set. When you decide to send your ring, Worthy takes care of the shipping and insurance to ensure that it arrives safely at our New York office. Once your jewelry arrives, the team at Worthy professionally cleans and photographs it before sending it out to a grading lab. All of these steps are designed to maximize your price in Worthy's online auction, where hundreds of buyers compete for your piece. One of the best parts of selling with Worthy is that you are completely in control. You'll work with Worthy's team to set a reserve price before the auction starts, keeping you in control of how much your ring sells for. If the highest bid comes in below that threshold and you decide not to accept it, we will send your ring back to you and we'll even cover the costs of the insured shipping again. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Are you ready to embrace your fresh start? Us too. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get an extra $100 to Amazon when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you. So reach out to us at podcast at worthy.com 
to let us know what you think and what you want to hear. We look forward to hearing from you. And you can also find more episodes at worthy.com forward slash podcast.